All right, welcome to the Devotion and Desire podcast, Musings on Life and Longing. My name is Robbie Melton, and I am the host of this podcast. I've also got a blog over at devotiondesireblog.wordpress.com. So real quick, this is just going to be a little bit of an off-the-cuff recording, uh, off-the-cuff podcast. I've had numerous blogs in the past. I've had one other podcast in the past, and I have always tried to do a little bit more produced, a little bit more curated and edited. Um, But that's not really what I'm going for in this blog or this podcast. Uh, Mostly just going to be writing about and... I guess at times talking about um, some things that are on my heart, some things that I'm thinking about, musing on, um, and uh, yeah. So we'll see how this how this goes. Uh, before we jump in, let me just pray really quick. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Almighty God, we thank you so much for your Word. We thank you for the liturgy the readings of sacred scripture that um, you present to us through uh, the church. And so we ask God that we would not only be hearers, but that we would also be doers of the word. We ask this through Christ our Lord, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, so today I just wanted to jump on really quick um, and uh, talk a little bit about something that came to my heart, to my mind as I was sitting in Holy Mass this morning, listening to the scripture readings, Um, specifically uh, the psalm. So today's responsorial psalm was Psalm 39, verses 2, 4, and then 7 through 10. And the response was, Here am I, Lord, I come to do your will. And it kind of reminded me a little bit about Something that uh, a friend and I have been talking about a lot recently, something that I posted on the blog a couple days ago, last week or the week before maybe, Um, that post is called Superior Worship. Um, And there was a line in the psalm that jumped out at me, uh, being very much in, in line with a lot of those themes. And it was this line in the psalm. Sacrifice or offering you wished not, but ears open to obedience you gave me. Holocausts or sin offerings you sought not. Then said I, behold, I come. And this was just very much in line with with that theme of the superior worship post that I made. But um, so I maybe put a link to that in the description of this post, but really quickly, David is the psalmist here, and he's saying, sacrifice or offering you wished not, but ears open to obedience you gave me. And he's saying, very much in line with the Old Testament prophets, and later as we'll see, Jesus himself. David is saying that God does not desire the externals of worship without the interior disposition of worship. He says, sacrifice or offering 
you wished not. Now, obviously, David fully participated in the liturgical worship of Israel. This is worship that God himself decreed and, and, and gave to Israel. And so there is a sense in which, of course, God does desire this worship that David is speaking of. But the key here is that God prefers obedience over the external liturgical worship without obedience. And we see this all over the prophets, the Old Testament prophets. I reference a few of those specific uh, quotes from Old Testament prophets in that post I mentioned, superior worship. Um, but in fact, when we see in the Old Testament prophets that it is actually this liturgical worship absent of true obedience that gets Israel in trouble in the Old Testament. Uh, not only does Israel turn to other pagan gods and worship, but they also, even while maintaining the liturgical worship that was given to them, they neglect the widows. They neglect the orphans, the, the immigrants. They, they turn their back on the justice of God and simply look at themselves as the chosen people. And they participate in the feasts and in the liturgical worship, in the sacrifices, but they don't have true obedience. It, it kind of reminds me of uh, the parable of the two sons that Jesus tells in Matthew 21, beginning in verse 28. Here's what Jesus says. What do you think? A man had two sons. He went to the first and said, son, go and work in the vineyard today. He answered, I will not. But later he changed his mind and went. The father went to the second and said the same. And he answered, I go, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? The people said, the first. Jesus said to them, truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are going into the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness and you did not believe him, but the tax collectors and the prostitutes believed him. And even after you saw it, you did not change your minds and believe him. And so we hear yet another criticism on behalf of Jesus of the Pharisees. And uh, what is the criticism? Is it the fact that they wanted to obey the law of God? No, <laughs> no, that is not the criticism. The criticism is that they said they wanted to obey God. They said they wanted to follow the law and yet they neglected the interior disposition that leads to true obedience, that leads to true justice that leads to true happiness. You see, one of the major criticisms of the Pharisees is this. They believed that if they got all of their doctrine, all of their theology in line, if they got 
all of their worship, all of the liturgical feasts and festivals, all of the sacrifices just right, that is what obedience looked like. And they neglected the marginalized, the foreigner, those in need. This is the criticism that Jesus has for them. This is what David in the Psalm is referring to when he says, sacrifice or offering you wished not, but ears open to obedience you gave me. Now, I think for me growing up, um, I always thought or, or perceived that the criticism of the Pharisees was that uh, they had a high view of God's commands. And um, it's for freedom that God has set us free. It's for freedom that Jesus came. And so we're no longer under the law, but under faith. Um, and, and this is true, but we have to understand the proper context. And that's not what this necessarily is um, explaining in this post. But if we look at the Sermon on the Mount, we have to ask, is the law of the new covenant written on our hearts that Jesus brought in its fullness? Does it go further than the old covenant? Or does it alleviate some of the burden of obedience from the old covenant? I think if we really look at the Sermon on the Mount, really look at what Jesus is actually saying and don't just try to write it off, as hyperbolic, I think we have to say, this sounds harder. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, you've heard it said not to murder. But I tell you that if you are angry, if you hate your brother, if you insult someone, you are guilty of murder in your heart. You've heard it said not to commit adultery. But I say, if you look at someone with lust, you are guilty of adultery. He says things like, give to everyone who asks. If someone asks for your cloak, give him your tunic also. These are the things that he's saying in the Sermon on the Mount. And at the end, he says this, everyone then who hears these words of mine and acts on them, will be like a wise man who built his house on rock. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but did not fall because it had been founded on rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was its fall. And so these passages from the Gospels came to mind when I was meditating on and praying with the psalm from today's Mass readings. Why? Because the question is this. Is going to Mass, is going to church and participating in the liturgical worship, the public worship, the public prayer, 
of the church. Is it enough? Is it all that's required of us? I think we have to say no. In fact, it's not just not all that's required of us. It seems as though sacred scripture tells us that if that's all there is to our spirituality, if all there is is the externals of worship, God doesn't even want it. Stay home. Don't even go to Mass. Don't even go to church. Sacrifice or offering you wished not, but ears open to obedience. May we have ears open to obedience. May we hear the words of Jesus and be like wise people who built our house on rock and not like the foolish who build on sand. May we have eyes open to those in need. When we pull up to the intersection, may we recognize Jesus in the face of the person standing there asking for help. May we have feet and hands ready to be quick to act and meet that need. This is the sacrifice. This is the offering that God desires of us. When this is what our lives look like, God accepts our exterior worship. He accepts it for what it truly is, a laying down of our lives to be used for him, for his love, to love and be loved and come back to love, who is God himself.